Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lick It Like a Lollipop. Ooh, yes. Happy to play in Candyland with you today. Yes. So we are so excited about all of the feedback and all of the energy that's surrounding the podcast. And we're just grateful for every single person who has tapped in. Absolutely. I think that at least the first, what, like five days after we posted our first episode, we were constantly sending each other screenshots and like posting in our stories of just like, I can't believe that we're getting like this much good back. And I'm so happy everybody resonated and vibed and everybody's absolutely going to be resonating and vibing today too. And that leads us to our newest topic. We want to talk about fake love, fake support and fake friends fake fucking friends whenever you're doing something that's outside the norm or you're stepping out of your comfort zone there's always those people who don't want to see you shine the people who wanted you to stay depressed or stay in a lower vibration and when they see you tapping in and living your best life they're envious or jealous even the thing that's craziest about it too is the people who like hate for you the hardest and like want to keep you small and don't want to see you successful are the people who are always trying to be your best friend. And you ever notice that it's always that person like coming to you to like talk about problems in their life and like get you for like spiritual guidance. But it, I feel like the people who are like actual friends don't just ask us uh, things that will improve them without putting something back in the friendship. In general, there's just people who don't want to do the work. Like they don't want to do the work. They want to have the end result. So when they see you putting yourself out there, I feel like a part of their spirit is just very triggered by that because all of that trauma and all of that stuff that was keeping you small is now exactly what is empowering you. It's the exact thing that's going to take you next level. But instead of being happy for you, I feel like it's almost like your light is triggering their demons or their shadows. And I think that that goes into something that you and I were talking about earlier, which is people making friends based on traumas. And so if your whole friendship, I mean, you have to think about it. If the basis of your entire friendship is that you guys have been through all of these negative things and that you're kind of stuck in that vibration, then they're not going to be happy that you're healing and that you're moving on from that because now you don't have that in common with them. And now somebody doesn't have that same painful energy constantly. So then it's like almost like you're too good. And I also feel like that stems from insecurities within their self, like they're insecure with their own life. And I feel like the more that I have tapped in and grown spiritually, that I have attracted so many amazing people, so many amazing supporters. And I just want to say thank you to the real ones out there. Like, thank you to the people that really do want to see other people elevate and the ones that can clap even when it's not their turn. And that's when the universe is really paying attention. It's like, are you deep down happy or low key sad or mad when someone is elevating or very successful? And I think this is where naturally those connections start dropping like flies. I wonder like if those people realize that they are the people that we're thinking about when we're talking. Like, I wonder if they realize that we're like, oh, that's like an unhealed version of what I was and that we're waiting for them to catch up. Well, I think that I can celebrate like every level of my journey and some of the really dark times in my life 
gave me the fuel to get myself out of that and to elevate my entire life. And I do feel like deep down, a lot of the connections that we've had in our lives were built on trauma, mainly because healing wasn't even a motivation for me five, 10 years ago. Like I wasn't thinking about healing. I was thinking about partying or hanging out or wasting time. And I feel like it's the people in your life that call you out on your own bullshit that are your real friend. Like not the ones that are going to let you wallow in pity, but the ones that are like, you deserve better than this, or you can do better than this. Those are your people. You know who your real friends are. Like, you know who your hardcore, I am stuck on the side of a road, don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I get one phone call. I'm going to call this friend because they're going to show up. Like, if you have that friend, you know what that friend is. And I just feel like we... I just think it's trauma bonding. And I think that like the real friends that are there for you aren't friends out of a trauma bond. They're friends with you out of like falling in love with your, your heart and how you carry yourself and what your values and your morals are. And that's why they would show up for you regardless. I feel like deep down, you know, when the time is up in certain relationships and connections. And I feel like it's the art of letting go, whether it's a job or a mindset, or a habit, or a literal person, it's an art to let it go, especially when you've spent so much time making that mistake, or spent so much time building that friendship. It's difficult to just uproot it and realize that your energy is better used elsewhere. I have a question for you. So when you are at the point where you're ready to like cut off friendships with people, how do you go about that? Are you like a cutoff contact or are you like, a, I'm going to let you down gently? I feel like I'm not out here to tell people about themselves because at the end of the day, I feel like they know what they're doing. So I feel like I just retract my energy. Like I revoke access to me. It's not like I'm going to just block you and go off on you because that's negativity. I feel like I'm just going to mute you or unfollow you or like, you know, distance myself energetically where, you know, you kind of know, you feel it. That's no matter how upset you are in a situation, you just feel like you just retract your energy. I think I used to maybe what I want to say, like go off the deep end and let people know about themselves. But now I'm like, that's a waste of time and energy. Like they know what they're doing. They know how they're acting. And I think if it gets to that breaking point that I don't need to explain it to you, I just revoke access to me and you know, I feel like I'm the same way, but I feel like I'm so extreme about it. And maybe it's the Gemini, but like, I won't yell at you or anything, but like, I'm a, I'm a communicator. And so like, if something's bothering, I let most things I just don't give a shit about. So like, if I actually get upset about something, I'm gonna let you know, but I'm nice about it. Like when we had this conversation that hurt my feelings or whatever, but if like, I keep on going on and there's never any change, I'll just fucking be like, this doesn't work for me. And I'll just block you and never talk to you again. I think that <laughs> I have done that in the past and maybe even sunk to their level and, you know, went off the deep end. But I think I've just built so much strength in my own convictions that it's like, if you've pushed me to that point, I don't need to explain myself to you. Like, I don't need to explain what you did, but whenever I'm riding off into the sunset in the chariot, your ass is going to be on the sidelines and you're going to wish that you were in the chariot. But, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I think that I have tried to help people time and time again. And I tell people like, this is what works for me. This is what I do. And if they're not trying to hear none of that, then they can stay wherever they're at. Because at the end of the day, the people who complain the most are the ones who don't want to change. They're the ones who don't want to put in that work. And I think that with the bigger picture, I don't need to worry about the tiny details. 
see, this is why we're friends, Polly Pocket, because you're so classy and you're so nice. And I'm just like, nope, I'll just never talk to you again. <laughs> I think that I have went through a lot of friends in my life and I never really understood why, like why, because I'm a good friend. I feel like I'm very thoughtful. I'm very caring and considerate. But then I realized that most of my friendships were built on trauma or, you know, negative activities like partying and drinking and whatever. So it was like, were they ever really my friend? Were they ever really there for me? Or were they just there when something fun was happening or when something exciting was happening? And I feel like I've hit rock bottom and I had to pull myself out of a very deep and dark depression. And that's when I found my spirituality. And at that point, I took a left turn and a lot of people stayed straight. Like they just kept going on that same path. And I feel like, you know, it's almost like when you are window shopping or you, or you see something in a window that you like, but you know that you haven't put in the work to, to purchase it. I feel like it's the same thing. Like people see people elevating and inspiring others, but instead of trying to do that themselves, they just curl up in a ball and they're like, mm, not going to do that. I, this might sound rude. I don't know, but I don't have a lot of patience for that. Like if I, and I feel bad about that because I just feel like if you don't put the work in to like elevate yourself and to be evolving and to be doing things and you just complain about the circumstances that you're in, instead of like shifting your mindset positively and figuring out, okay, how do I get myself out of this and using it as a motivator? I don't have a lot of patience for it. And doing what we do with like giving people readings and people coming for guidance and things like that. I love it because I feel like we're able to give people like tools and advice through spirit when we give them a reading and give advice on how to get themselves out of those situations. And I love that like, and you do the same thing with your reading where there's never a reading that you don't give a solution to that person may not take your solution, but you're like, here, boo, these are the things that we need to be working on healing on. I see you doing X, Y, and Z in the future. That doesn't mean that it's just going to randomly happen. You have to put the energy and the effort in, but I see these things being able to be manifested if you move yourself. And I think that's why I... I think that's why I like reading people so much because I feel like I can almost, I almost have like a different personality with that because I can help them effectively change instead of watching people just complain about it and make no change. And that's like last week when we were talking about the ethics of readers, a lot of readers will just tap into your shadow aspects, read you like a book tell you all this negative stuff that you're doing, but they don't give you any insight into how to course correct. And I think that with my readings, they're an experience and course correction is kind of the highlighted feature of that experience because nine times out of 10, you came to me because you know, it's something you're doing is not working. Something that you've been focusing on is not working the way that you want it to work. And I feel like without solutions or without some roadmap to the next chapter, you will just be stuck spinning your tires in the same direction, getting the same results. One thing I think that is teaching me a lot about myself is putting the work in in the gym because there's so many days that I don't want to go to the gym. That at, like, like that booty looks good though. And I just like every single time that I go, I realize like, I'm showing up for myself. I'm doing the hard stuff today. No, you're not going to get instant results. No, you're not getting instant gratification. And I think that we're brainwashed to want instant gratification. It's just like when you put something in a microwave, you know, it's going to be done in three minutes and you can eat it. Well, if you have to cook the whole entire meal, it's going to take a lot longer than three minutes. And I just think that we live in the microwave generation. If people can't put it in there and three minutes later have success, they give up on it. And I think here we are as a collective and a lot of people are very depressed and very sad. 
And they blame that on their parents or, you know, society or whatever. And at the end of the day, that's not it. Like blaming anyone or anything that's outside of yourself is not it because sure, your parents may have inflicted some trauma on you, but as an adult, it's 1000% your responsibility to work through that. Yes. Most people have something that comes from (laughs) their upbringing in some way, shape or form. And that goes back into there are people that use things as motivation and there are people that use things as an excuse to not get ahead. It's the, it's the victim versus victor syndrome where some people are just more comfortable just being small because of what they've went through. And some people are like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not going to stay on that same vibration. I'm going to elevate and do something different. Right now, I'm only geared towards people who inspire me, whether that is with their work ethic or their message or their actions. I'm just really gravitating towards people who inspire me. I see myself becoming a motivational speaker. That's what I went to college for. I feel like that's really showing itself in my readings and in the messages that I put out for the collective. And it's just like, you can get on the internet and say whatever you want. And that's up to you. But I will not associate myself with people who are bringing negativity into my life. People that are just on the internet complaining and whining. And sometimes like, I hate to say it, but when I see people complaining about very basic things, it makes me just think about all of the excuses they're making in their life and using that as like a scapegoat of why they can't be successful. There are so many people that came from broken homes, no support, no money, no abundance, and have turned that into six figures. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much inspiration and we have so much access to knowledge and community that if you're alone and depressed, that's a product of your own thoughts and actions. And yes, that could have been inflicted by someone else, but it's 1000% your responsibility to work through it and to grow and to heal from that. I remember when I was God, I had to have been like in like ninth or 10th grade. And I was in choir. Like I loved singing. And I was always like, I'm going to be a singer. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I remember my mom came in my room and she was like, yeah, I was talking to my coworker at work and, and she, she did not mean this malicious, but this is the way my brain took it. And she goes, yeah, I was talking with my coworker at work. And it turns out that every girl in eighth grade wants to be a singer. So there's going to be a whole lot of competition. And I was like, great, there goes my fucking dream. Now I can't do that. And as a teenager, totally gave up and never like pursued that. And then as an adult, I recognized that that was something that in my mind from that moment on, if somebody else is doing it, I can't do it because they're already doing it. And so I had to heal that. And then now it's turned into, I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do. And if you're already doing it, I will do it differently. I will learn from you and make it my own. And so I think that that is, I'm just trying to give an example of something that you have to heal from. I could have easily been like, oh, well, one time in eighth grade, my mom said this, and now I can never do anything competitive or you can heal from that. So that's just an example. I think the stories that we tell ourselves are either going to excel us on our path or keep us stagnant on our path. And a lot of what we speak inside of our own head is what is manifesting in your reality. And I'll be the first to let you know that if you change your mindset around something because you want to, not because you're being told to, not because society wants you to, but because you want to nothing will stop you. I'm taking everything that was made to hold me down and using it as jet fuel to push me and propel me forward. And we will explore a lot of levels to this journey for both of us on this podcast, because I don't think that people see what's underneath the surface. They just see the shiny bows and rainbows of what we put out into the world. So they don't really get 
what's underneath those layers. And I always think about myself as like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much underneath the surface that's yet to be revealed of why that had to happen the way that it did. So I encourage every single person who is going through something difficult to try to find the silver lining in it. Yes, it may be a really hard situation or a very traumatic situation, but I promise you, you have been handed that deck of cards or that hand for a reason because you are meant to grow and learn from whatever it is. So if it's meant to push you down and weigh you down, that's for a reason so that you can pick yourself back up and push forward. It's like you teach the universe what you will and won't tolerate. And I just don't have any time for people who got the fake love and the fake support. And I can almost see through people's intentions to the point where I used to maybe hide from that. Like I didn't want to see their true colors because I didn't want to have to cut them off. But now I don't need to tell you about yourself because you know in your heart and in your spirit. And that's enough for me. As long as you know, and you know, I know, we're good. We're good. Do you? And we always know you like, it's not like you get away with it. We're just nice and not like, but we know. (laughs) And it's almost like I would not do that to them, which tells me everything that I need to know about that connection or that friendship. And it's only gotten easier for me to release people when I realized that that is making space for the friends and the soul family that is destined to be in my life. And I think as you grow and evolve on this journey, you will realize how holding on to things only hurt you more. Yeah. And back on what you said about, you know, taking things that you can, you know, learning experiences. I think that they're literally in every friendship that hasn't gone right and relationships that haven't gone right. There's always been something that I can pull away and be like, okay, so in the future, I know that like, I don't like, these are the warning signs for this for me, or this is a kind of communication that like, I just won't tolerate from the beginning because I know that this is how it evolves and whatever. So even if it's something just super small, focusing on that moment of gratitude and being like, okay, I, I figured out how to, um, like get off the train tracks when a train's coming at me because I've seen it happen before. I just think that it's so easy to do when you find just one thing and then that expands into other things and helps you even get out of like the dark feeling of the situation and find some light and like even just the smallest glimmer of light in something can illuminate everything and like shout out to every romantic relationship that didn't work out for me because no fuck you (laughs) (laughs) because I am thriving after taking my energy back from all of that cutting the cord with all of y'all I'm a whole new person. Like you don't even know me. So don't act like you do. My favorite thing is the more successful that I am, the more people want to use me. And it's like, I don't got time for that. Like I have zero tolerance for people who want to take and take and take, but they never want to give. I'm over that. Like it's either a balanced connection or it's a no connection. And that's what my higher self has led me to is this emotional freedom from everything that was meant to harm me or to hold me down. It's emotional immunity to that because I promise you, none of y'all are facing me. Nothing you're doing with your life or your wife's or whoever bothers me. It doesn't at all, at all. And we really wanted to talk about this tonight because since the podcast is launched, I've had an entire evil eye bracelet break. Shout out to the haters who was really throwing shade. And it's cool. I have no hard feelings for you all. I know who you are. I do. You know who you are. Jim and I will come. (laughs) I'm like, come at me. Literally. Don't fuck with my girl. I will send you a Christmas card that says, have a good one. And she's going to send you one of them glitter balls that burst I'm gonna send open. you poison ivy. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to tell you it's coochie spray and it's not going to be. 
I love it <laughs> because Gemini and I have like never even met in person, but as you can tell, we've elevated together and we have grown closer the more that I have removed people, places, and things that didn't serve me. I had a, right when you and I started like really talking like more, cause we've, you know, we've talked on and off, but like actually like talking like all the time, it made me realize a quote unquote, cause it wasn't a friendship. It was kind of an acquaintanceship, but it just made me realize that that's the kind of friendship, your friendship, this energy was what I wanted to be gravitating to. And that this other energy, and you know who I'm talking about, was like super, super just negative. And I had a whole conversation with you without us even having this person in our thoughts about trauma friendships, which is what we're talking about here today too. And I was like, why am I friends with this other person that makes, that makes me feel this way? And I was like, oh, because literally all of our friendship is just about trauma things. And it's just me listening to what she goes through on a daily. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of that energy. I'm going to let that go. And, um, I, as soon as I cut that off is when I feel like I was able to put like actual full light, happy energy into like moving forward and growing and blossoming our friendship. Now we've got the podcast. Now we've got other things. So where to God, I'm going to be in Kentucky soon. And we're going to take so many pictures. The most amazing thing for me at this point is everything that's happening in my life. I did not see coming. It's like spirit kept saying something big is coming. Something big is on the way, but I was so open to the magic that I had no like set thing that I was wanting. I was just open to whatever would help me elevate the most. And we came together at a time in my life where everything was just boom, 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 going good. Everything was popping. TikTok was growing. Like everything I was putting energy into was transforming. But then I hit this point where it was like, I needed to take a step back and reflect and really gather my thoughts. And I realized that directing my energy in so many different directions wasn't really helping me. It was exhausting me. And so when we narrowed down what we were about to do, the name of the podcast just like came to us. And the funny thing is, is look at like a lollipop. It really doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, (laughs) but it sounds fun and it sounds different. And it also represents like our personalities of like all the different flavors that we bring together that creates that bigger picture. And it's like the Willy Wonka factory up in here. Like you can make anything that you want and bring it together under an umbrella that is you, that is your brand. So I encourage everyone out here to literally think of the top three things that they are good at and try to branch those together and pull it together in a way that creates an avenue or a doorway that you had never even considered. Maybe you were good at it in high school or as a child, or maybe you just like it. Do that. Whatever it is, do that. Ask 14-year-old you what they want to do. And I promise you, you will be successful because who are you trying to impress by being something that you're not? It's time to tap in with what you wanted to be before the world told you you had to be something else. Yes. And your goals, the huge goals that you have where you're like, I want to be doing this. I want to be a news broadcaster, whatever it is. You don't, obviously you're not going to start off right away and be doing that. You have to take the steps in order to make yourself bigger. And I swear you will feel so fulfilled 
by just taking steps in, by just researching what do I need to do, by just signing up for a class, by just making a video about it and telling your friends about it, that that's your goal. I promise that when you start putting energy into the things that you're like, oh no, like this feels like this is my purpose and what would make me happy to do, it evolves. You get more confident. You attract more people to you who have new ideas and new things they want you to do. And it expands and it elevates. And don't be afraid of collaboration. Don't be afraid to reach out to someone who is a rock star that is doing exactly what you want to do and ask them to mentor you or ask them for book recommendations or podcast recommendations. When I wanted to learn astrology, that was one of the first things that I did. I wrote the top three astrologers that I admired and two of them wrote me back. And one of them ended up being my mentor and helping me through a huge transition in my career. And really unlocked a lot of my destiny and a lot of my purpose. And she gave me community and support and guidance that was just unmatched. It's just unmatched to the bigger picture. And when I look back on it, all I did was email her through her website and ask for book recommendations. And I remember I ordered the three books that she recommended and the total came out to like five, 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 five. And I was like, okay, it's a sign. It's a sign. And I took everything and ran with it. And now here I am, an astrologer and doing private birth chart readings for clients and for my Patreon. And it's just like, wow, this all stemmed from a few emails that I sent out on a whim. So if you want to do music or art or modeling or whatever, Put yourself out there and write the people that you want to connect with. Of course, if they have 3 million followers, they probably won't see it. Try to find their email or another way because trust me, they can still see it. It's just don't go to their most popular Instagram post and think you're going to get a reply and then feel sad when you don't. It's like, don't forget where you were when you started when you get where you're going, because you could be that person that extends the helping hand to someone else. And it's like a ripple effect. And that's where I'm at. And when Gemini and, and I connected, that's what it was like. She had no idea what she was about to do. And now look at her. Hey, I was going to say too, on what you said, I have had people on the podcast who have millions of followers and I like you have to actually work at shit. Like I had to eat one person. I had to email three different email addresses and I saw that they had their assistant on a live one time. I went to that person's page. I found that person's email. That's how I got this person on my podcast. So like, it's not easy. You have to put in a lot of work, but if you are willing to put the work into anything, whether it's like we talked about taking positive things out of situations or growing from situations or whatever, it's not easy. And it's not supposed to be easy. You don't learn anything from taking the easiest route. You learn things by going through the rough fucking neighborhoods and getting your shit kicked in a couple times and continuing on your journey. And then you're like, I'm going to avoid downtown over there. <laughs> Another thing that I want to add is you just miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And I shoot my shot with everyone and everything, especially when it comes to spirituality. Like I am so like, I'm always networking. I'm always connecting with new people, always recommending people for, you know, anything. If I know someone's really good at something I want to recommend them. I want yes. to support them. I want to endorse them. And it doesn't matter if you make jewelry or if you make music or if you make movies or whatever it is you do. If I support you, I will support you to the moon and back. And I will tell everyone about you. And I just think that the more that I do that, the more doors that open for me, because it's an energetic thing with the universe. It's an energetic language with the universe. And it's like, that girl has pure intentions. So we're going to put her on a stage where she can be seen and where people can connect with her because she will help connect the dots for people. And I think that's the big part of my destiny is being able to embody the vision 
well before I have the resources or the access, but I've embodied the vision and you will not tell me different. Yes. And also I feel like with the referral thing, I don't care if you do the same thing, if you do something similar, whatever, if you know that your homie is really good at something and is going to be helpful to somebody, refer somebody to them. I can't tell you how many people have asked me. I can think of three people right now who have asked me about getting a reading with me. And when I asked them about what they wanted readings on, I was like, "Mm, you know, actually, I think that, you know, you going to page would be a really good idea. And I have three friends who have gotten readings from you. And what, like, that's my friend. They do that better than I do. They're going to be able to give you this kind of information that maybe I'm not going to. And that goes back into just supporting your fucking friends, like not being like, you know, and, and somebody listening to that may be like, well, that's a stupid business decision because then you lose out on that. No, that's me giving somebody an experience and them knowing that my friendship with somebody is strong and that morally I'm not going to recommend something that's not going to work. And those people have gotten readings and done other things with me since because they know that they can trust me to send them where their energy belongs. The universe responds to people who are authentic. Being authentic is like the biggest part of this game of life. If you have pure and authentic intentions for every single person that you meet, whether they're a stranger or your brother or your best friend, you just have pure intentions. The universe responds to that. And I believe that's why everything works out in my highest and best because I just have pure intentions and no one can block the people who are divinely protected and guided. You can't block my blessings, even if I told you all about them you can't block them. You will never be able to block what's for me. So quit wasting energy trying to. And I think that's another thing. The more that I elevate, people are falling away naturally because I can see that they just don't have pure intentions for anyone, probably not even for their self, because instead of doing the inner work or doing the work, they want to gossip or, you know, talk about other people. That's one thing I do not tolerate is gossip. I don't care what anyone from high school is doing. I don't care about any of my exes. I don't care about what anybody is doing. If it's not elevating me or, you know, elevating my mindset, I want nothing to do with it. So you can leave that for the birds because I don't want it in my life. I don't think we've ever had a conversation where we just like shit talked ever. I think whenever we get together, we have so many ideas that we're bouncing on. <laughs> and something I want to point out, you know, Gemini needed some stuff for her website and I had already wrote, wrote it for mine. And she was like, can I just copy yours? And I was like, sure. Like, I just didn't care. Like it was like a privacy policy. Yeah. <laughs> a privacy policy. Um, <laughs> but I was just like, sure. Copy it. I don't care. But see, we're not in competition. If she has a hundred thousand followers or two million followers, it's good for me. We are elevating together. And I think so many small-minded people would never in their life be cool with that. They would just not be cool with that. And I think that's why the universe gives me whatever I want. Because I'm just <laughs> it gives person. me whatever I want. <laughs> no, I agree. And um I think that by having that energy together, I feel like, I feel like I avoid a lot of bullshit because I'm able to be like, oh no, like I, I have, I have a standard of like what I compare my, my friends to. And the, I've got you and two solid homegirls who have always just are, you guys are just very loyal, honest, trustworthy people who you just genuinely want good. And I love that about you. I love that about our friendship. You and, and Rampage, you have a huge heart and you sent me that huge box. Um, and you're like, this is like a mother's day birthday, like just thing. And it was huge. And I sent you something for your birthday. And 
I love that. I just feel like that's like, it's just a selfless friendship and I appreciate you. I love giving gifts. Like if you know me, shout out who knows me. I love giving gifts. <laughs> shout I out who knows me. The best gift giver <laughs> you've ever met. Don't even know where that came from because a lot of people that I grew up with were very stingy. A lot of people that I know are very stingy, but I love giving stuff to people, whether it is, you know, an inspirational message or an entire bag of clothes or a crazy box full of stuff I've been saving for three months for you. I love giving stuff. And I think once again, that's why the universe is always blessing me. It's just constant blessings. And I've changed my mindset around material stuff. I think a lot of people in the collective are caught up on material items as a way to justify their success or their happiness. And when I stopped justifying my happiness on material, everything got an upgrade, whether it was my house, my car, whatever, everything got an upgrade. And I'm like, wow, this is what letting go feels like. The universe is like, wow, so you're not attached to it. Let me give you something better because you're realizing that this item or this energy doesn't define you. So when I see people, we'll go back to celebrities. I cannot stand when people just flash their, their stuff. It, it's just so weird. And it just screams, I am the most unhappy person you've ever met. You know what makes me think you're an unhappy person when you wear fucking shirts with holes in them because somebody told you that that's fashion and your shirt's got fucking rips all through it, but you could just go buy yourself a black t-shirt, cut some fucking holes in it, and you could look like a G for a dollar fifty. The other thing about that is I don't follow trends at all. Mm -mm. I don't like trends. The only way you'll ever see me post something that I bought is if someone handmade it and I'm advertising for that person. That's the only time, like, I'm not going to go to the mall and be like shopping haul or I'm an influencer. Let me try all of this on for you. Cool. Shout out to the people that do that and make money. Like y'all do y'all's thing. I'm not. We don't mind if you want to try clothes on for us though. Just speaking for the collective. I ain't hating on your hustle, but (laughs) doing that as a way to make your ego feel better or toot your own horn, I'm not behind it at all. And especially the people, and I don't even care, that collect shoes, I promise you, I don't care. No one cares that you own 5,000 pairs of shoes, but don't own a house. You drive, I don't know what you drive because I've never seen you drive anything. And no one cares. It's just like $1,500 pairs of shoes do not arouse me. They don't excite me. So if you're listening to this and you have over $50,000 worth of shoes, but literally don't own a house, grow up. Reassess your priorities. Also, you ever drive past a house that's just like fucking about to fall over, but then you see like a nice ass car in the driveway and you're like, oh, I see your priorities. My other favorite thing is people who live in apartments, but drive Mercedes or like whatever the status symbol is. And I'm not saying that I'm hating on people that, that live in apartments because I lived in an apartment, but it's just like, evaluate what you're putting your money into. And I just feel like people buy Mercedes that are like 15 years old, just to say they have a Mercedes. And it's like, you know, that the wiper blades on that thing are like $200 a blade. Like there's just so many things on that car. That's just like, why would you want it? And shout out to the people that can actually afford it. But I feel like so many people get cars, especially to create some type of status illusion. Like we know you're broke by the more that you show, the more that you show the broker you are, because if you see people like Adam Sandler and whoever they're walking around in the most grimy outfits out here, I saw a picture of Adam Sandler and like, oh my God, in his sweatpants. Yes. And he's eating pickles and he has a jar of pickles and he's walking in New York spirit, spirit animal right there, because that man is a millionaire and he doesn't care if you know it. And he really doesn't need to impress anyone because he's content with himself. And whenever I see people that are just overly materialistic, it just screams depression to me. I feel real cheap. Um, my 
So I have a 2015 Dodge Dart. Um, that bitch has a cracked windshield, so hardcore spider web in all through the left side of that, through the passenger side. And my husband's like, when are you going to go and get your windshield replaced? And I'm like, for what? Another rock's going to hit it. Like, I'll just stay driving this until I get a new car one day and someone can pay me for that broken windshield. If you have full <sighs> coverage, they replace your windshield in Kentucky under full coverage. Well, that's so nice for Kentucky. I, I my, would do that anywhere. It's a safety hazard. My windshield doesn't look like it was an isolated incident. So it would have had to be like a truck's rock hit it. And they're going to be like, ma'am, why are there 42 different impact spots? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> Shout out 19 year old me. I used to not wear my seatbelt. Sorry, grandma. I used to not wear my seatbelt hardly at all. And one time I got into like a fender bender accident and my head went up and smacked the windshield and cracked the whole thing. Like I didn't go through it. And luckily I didn't go through it because it like wasn't, it was like a 30 mile per hour fender bender. Spirit said, bitch, put your seatbelt on. (laughs) It just really showed me how hard my head is. Like big head, real hard impact hit and that was in my in my Camry my Toyota Camry and I'll say that I beat that car to shambles before it eventually ended up in a junkyard somewhere but is that your first car my first car was a Toyota Corolla (gasps) me too bitch what parallel universes oh my god we're twins I loved when I was younger though because I treated my cars like hell in back like I would just tote everybody around I would literally get as close as I could get to the front door now my ass is parking as far away as we can I don't have room for anyone in my car I don't drive anywhere if there's street parking if there's gravel don't invite me if it's street parking you better let me know because if I get there and I see that I'm going back home I don't care if it's your way amen I don't care I don't care if it's a ceremony for Jesus. I will be going home because I'm not parking. I'm not parallel parking. Did you um, name your first car? I did not. I got, I got stories. But I used uh, to get those little sticker, or I'm sorry, magnets. And they yeah. were hot pink brass knuckles. And I'll put them on my car. And then people would steal them after school. Like I would come out, my brass knuckles would be gone. Bitches. I had a Toyota, I had a 95 Toyota Corolla. Her name was Phoebe Chug Chug because she couldn't get up hills that good. You had to like slow down to 40 and put her in second gear. Um, And we lived in the mountains. So it was a, it was a stick shift, obviously. And we lived in the mountains and I worked at this pizza place that was down the hill. And if you drove the mountain the way you should, it takes you about 10 minutes to get there. I used to leave my house with like four minutes. I would start going down the hill and then I would put my car in neutral and me and Phoebe Chug Chug would just ride the brakes down. I would get to work in four minutes and that was my ride or die. And then my ex that was very abusive took my car one time without permission, drove it headfirst into a tree and it shattered his cheek and he had to get a metal plate. And I just feel like that bitch rode solid till the end. I have so many traumatic <laughs> stories in the car, but now I wear my seatbelt and I don't go outside at night and I don't drink. So we definitely aren't drinking and driving, but I used to be reckless as a teenager in the car. And now I see why my dad was like, you need to park your car after midnight. You are not <laughs> driving your car. And I'd be like, this is my car. And he was like, I don't care. Like, I I really don't. Like, you can leave the keys at the front door. I don't care. You can leave, but the car needs to be parked. You're like, the state of Kentucky says I can drive. I remember when I first got my license, though, they had that, like, intermediate license where it was like, you weren't really allowed to drive without someone in the car that already had a license. Your learner's permit. No, no. Here we had permits for six months and then you had to have an intermediate license for six months. And it was just like an orange sticker. And I don't know if they still do that or not, but you had to have someone in the car who was over 18 and and drove and had a license. 
Maybe your dad just talked to the DMV and was like, please, for the love of Jesus, don't give her a license, give her an orange sticker. (laughs) I don't know. I have no clue, but I swear, like my spiritual journey has made me such a homebody. And I really do like support that message that my grandma used to tell me, like nothing good happens after midnight. Only when I'm at home, it does. Cause that's when spirit gets really crazy. And listen to this two nights ago at 2 58 AM, my fire detector decides it wants to beep and reset. Like it wasn't going off and it wasn't like the battery was dead, but it just like something got up there and pushed the reset button where it tested and it kept doing it for every 10 minute intervals between 3 AM and like 3:45 AM. I even got up and changed the battery in it. Cause I was like, what's going on? But I guess spirit is telling me that I'm just too hot to handle. Muy caliente. You're over here setting off the alarm and all you're doing is laying down. You're making some ghost hot and horny and making them want to poke your buttons on your fire detector. The weirdest things have been happening the last few nights. And every time I try to go to sleep, something with the fire detector goes and does some weird stuff. So my friend is going to help me check into it because I've changed the battery and I'm like what is going on here you notice that on this podcast you're so pure and kind about the things that you say and I'm always throwing out sexual comments and (laughs) yelling profanities I guess this is just the the 50 50 that you all are getting she has multiple personalities because she's a Gemini so it's all of them we're getting an encompassment of all of these personalities Hey, yours tastes that is a word. What I just said wasn't even a word, but it's okay. I wanted to say encompassing, but I think I said something else. I heard encompassing. So my my brain caught on to what you were saying. Some people try to come for me because I'm from Kentucky and we don't pronounce big words here. So just don't, you grammar Nazis, don't come for me because I say things the way I want to say them, the way down home says them. (laughs) I had so many people telling me that they loved your accent and I'm like, I know she's from Kentucky and they're like, I know it's hot. I'm actually doing a voiceover for a movie real soon. What movie? To be announced. Okay. Well, text me after. It's a secret, y'all. Yeah. It's a secret I'm going to find out, but I won't tell. Coming 2025, I'm doing a animated character voiceover, and I'm really excited. I'm really You know excited. who I feel like you'd be? Oh, I can't think of what the movie is. It's a little duck, though. And, oh. I think it's open season and no, no, it's a squirrel. You would be a really good squirrel. I don't even <laughs> know how to take that because the squirrel's just out here looking for a nut and I have no clue if you're trying to say something or not. Rampage doesn't watch your nuts. No, I actually, that was not a sexual innuendo. I just think that you would make wonderful, wonderful squirrel sound. You would make wonderful. You would make wonderful <laughs> nut <laughs> hey lick it like a lollipop lollipops and nuts that's what you got here we're actually moving into a whole new conversation with this and the next thing that I want to say about that is don't ever hold yourself back but speak up even if people think you're crazy the best thing to do is speak up on it Where'd you get that from? We talked about nuts and you felt inspired to give a little I felt inspired speech. to give a motivational speech because I am a motivational speaker and this is what I do. What I do. Speaking of nuts, never stay where you don't belong. Speaking of nuts, go get some trail mix. And everything is a variety in this in this trail mix. Oh, speaking of nuts, wrap your wiener around here. <laughs> <laughs> that went left field don't be sharing your nuts that's what I'm saying no one wants it no one wants it no one wants it I'm feeling inspired to say write your dreams down after we get off here today write down all the things you want to do 
and all the reasons why you think you can't do that because you can. Did you say write down the reasons why you think you can't do it? Yes. Yeah. And then after that, I challenge you to start writing down the steps that you can take in order to make those things start happening. You want to go to freaking Ireland? Okay. Write yourself a budget. How are you going to make it happen? How long is it going to be? How are you going to start saving? What are you going to turn off? I also think that everyone should cancel their Netflix subscription and stop watching so much TV and actually listen, but finish stranger things though. Cause season four is really fucking good. I never got into that show. Like it's just, it doesn't, the first episode is just, I, I just can't, I just couldn't. Yeah. But you're just you at home. You're just you at home who you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Some of us are like married with kids. And at the end of the day, we're like, Hey, you guys want to just sit down and watch a movie where nobody's talking and we're all just sitting down together. Awesome sauce. Here you go. Yeah, that's so true. Like whenever <laughs> I talk to people and I'm like, I'm taking a nap. They're like, I wish I could take a nap or like, I'm like, I'm doing this. And they're like, wow, wish I could do that. And then I think like, wow, people actually have responsibilities and I just be at home pulling tarot cards and lighting incense and clenching my crystals because clenching them. You mean clutching them? Clenching is like when you're squeezing your butt cheeks together. (laughs) (laughs) The only way I'm making it through this day is clenching the crystals all five of them during the crystals if i can get real energized i really didn't know that keistering was like a real word that people really use until i had friends that went to jail and they told me some crazy stories about what people keister and bring into jail yeah you gotta stuff your prison pocket sometimes and just fucking make it happen You know what I want to know though, and this is a real serious thing. So, you know, felons reach out. How do they get the fucking shanks up their booty holes? My real question is what about the prison TikTok and how do they get phones in prison to be able to make TikToks? And if you have a phone, why are you spending your time making TikToks? They should be calling your mama or your wife or your kids. They go viral. Like somehow my friend got on the prison stripper algorithm and she's a prison stripper. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There is. Are you drooling? Um, no, no. I see your love for tattooed bad boys just leaking through the screen. That's my problem. That is my problem because <laughs> I want a man that looks like he just got out of prison, but didn't. But, but didn't keister anything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard because my taste in men is straight like biker, prison, felon energy. And then Which isn't that hilarious, people listening, when you see Polly Pocket and you hear her talk about her gumdrops and unicorns, and then she's like, I just want a tattooed daddy to throw me around on the back of his motorcycle. Legit, though. So if that's you and you're listening, you know where to find me. We're taking applications. For real. She's not sleeping with you, though, so. No, because I'm celibate. She doesn't pop that poo no more. She might like it like a lollipop, though. (laughs) (laughs) escalating and if this is you and you fit that criteria but you are not in prison contact me you can contact me no you know what though you could like be somebody in prison's pen pal and you could like really get to the deepness of their heart and soul and they can't have sex in there either so it could be a perfect thing for you I like you but don't touch me (laughs) yeah just write me letters actually that's really funny that you would say that because today I decided I was going to clean out some shoe boxes and I opened one and there was like a prison letter in there from somebody that was in prison I think they're still in there I don't know but they like you told me about them yeah they like drew um this like lock and key and all these things on there it's really relevant. It was really relevant for me to find that and us to be talking about this right now. But who knows what their keister in right now? Like, 
who knows what they have what they're crunching someone on. some there has something clutched inside their booty hole Forward. you got to send them crystals so that at least what they're putting up there is going to help them elevate and transform you know i don't understand how people don't use crystals and not like that but just in general how people <laughs> don't use crystals because crystals literally help me so much and i feel like with crystal energy everything in the room transforms okay when you said that i thought of the little ant from bug's life that was like it's a rock dot when he was like, no, it's a tree or whatever. And she's like, it's a rock. And I feel like that's how people are about crystals. They're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't, but see, it's the same way to me that people understand that the moon controls the ocean, but they don't think that its energy would have effect on human beings that are made of, of mostly water. Yes. The weirdest thing in this society is that we're on a floating rock, but yet we have all these little silly tasks in this little clock that we're racing against. Mm -hmm. And so many people are holding themselves back because it hasn't happened yet, but they're counting the days of which it should happen when really those days are an illusion in, in itself. And I feel like we could have been doing everything else but instead we created all these little arbitrary symbols to like base our entire life around and that is why I can't get behind 99% of the people in this world like I support y'all from afar but if you are wrapped up in some timeline that society created for you I will not follow you on that train like you are on your own you are on your own yeah um, don't have any time for that. The, and also though, your purpose isn't for you to like be working at Wendy's and be working like the minimum wage job. Like that isn't what your purpose here is. That might be making you comfortable, but you're literally just succumbing to the matrix and, um, this like small life that you are told is what you're supposed to be doing. I think that people get fed and my, my parents are this generation too, where what you do is you find a good job. You stay at that job your whole life. You save up your money your whole life so that when you hit 55 or 60, you can pull that money out and then you can retire. And then you can start having fun if you have enough money from when you were working. And I feel like that's such a sad, limited life and my parents at the beginning were like, you should just like be getting, you should just be having just real jobs and it shouldn't be your goal to work for yourself because that's not stable. Anything could happen. People could stop, you know, wanting whatever service you have. It could go downhill. It could whatever. And that is having an energy and a mindset of fear-based as opposed to inspiration based. And I will never make decisions based on I'm scared of what will happen if I don't do this. No, like I'm going to do this scares me. So I'm going to do that and figure out why it's scary. I'm scared to live a life of no true meaning, a life that's just spent chasing money or society's version of success. That's the life that scares me because I fell into the trap of doing the whole college thing and all that. And I learned a lot and it's helped me really realize how strong I was because college was hard. It was hard to get through um, without any like moral and financial support from the people around me. So when I look around and I see that like I did that at 18 years old, like did the damn thing. I'm like, shit, I can do anything and no one's going to stop me. But so many people, especially when I first started my business, they wanted to speak fear into my plans. And that's when I realized that some things are better left unsaid. Instead of trying to justify my plans or even waste any energy trying to explain my plans, I'm just going to do it. And then whenever I'm leveled up so far ahead, 
you can't even reach me. Access has been revoked and it's a natural evolution. And I didn't have to justify myself to you. I didn't have to explain myself to you. I'm just doing it. I'm living it and I'm embodying it. And I think that if anyone listening has a dream that other people think is out of the norm, do that go ahead and do that. And I think, you know, especially like with musicians, so many people will speak fear into their journey until they make it big, until they get signed, until they hit, you know, millions of views, then everybody wants to support you. And they want to tell people they know you. And I think that's the craziest thing because, you know, overnight success took 20 years or took 15 years, like an overnight success to the world was blood, sweat, and tears from the person putting in that work. And also the work of just not feeding into the fear-based mentality of those around them. And that's hard. Yes. And also people judging is just because they never did anything. I just feel like, cool. If it doesn't work for you and you would do something else, do that for you. But this is the life that I'm given. And this is the experience that I'm having. Don't don't ever, and this is such a hard lesson, but don't ever make your choices on what someone else's opinion are, whether they are pushing you to do something that you don't want to do, or they are holding you back from doing something that you do want to do. They, and I feel like that people with their parents, people with their spouses, people, whatever, you're the person that like has to, at the end of life, be like, did I do all of the things that I could have done? Did I push all, you know, go all out there with all of my potential? Or are you going to be a person who has regrets because Greg that you were married to for four years didn't want you to do it. And so you never did it. Well, they say that like one of the top five things that people on their dying days regret is working so much and not spending that time and energy towards you know, the people, places, and things that brought them joy. Instead, they engaged in lower vibrational stress and fear and, you know, lack mentalities. And that's one of the main things they regret because, you know, you can't spend the money when you're gone. You can't buy time and you sure as hell can't buy the memories that you didn't make. So it's like when people are dying, some of the top things on their list is why did I spend my life chasing a dream that doesn't exist based on what society wanted me to do. And I think if we can leave anyone today with an inspirational message is fuck the rules, do what you want to do and ask for forgiveness later, but don't be in the box that they put you in. Don't stay in the box your whole life. Don't stay in your hometown your whole life. Don't stay at that job forever. Because if that isn't bringing you ultimate joy you will have regrets and you will feel, you know, like you lost out on an opportunity and you're supposed to take risk in your, you know, twenties and your thirties and your forties. Like you're supposed to take the risk that will lead to the life that you want to live forever. Yeah. I couldn't have said that any better. I think that's a beautiful thing for people to take away from this. Well, We hope everyone enjoyed all of the randomness of this episode, (laughs) but know that you got to let it go or it's going to hold you back. And fuck fake friends. You don't need them. Yes. Have a blessed one and come back and play in Candyland whenever you want. Yes. Bye guys.